Wool and lamb prices are up. Many are struggling with a lack of rain, but generally um, these are very good days for wool growers and the future indeed looks bright. And this comes with opportunity. And in this episode of The Yarn, we explore that idea for wool growing businesses. Hello, welcome to The Yarn. I'm Marius Cumming. The things to look forward to from the tech sector is something we explain a little bit about in a few minutes time. Um, but first we're gonna get the crystal ball out and speak to Robert Herman from Mercado, who spoke recently at the Best Wool Best Lamb conference in Victoria. Best Wool Best Lamb is one of the AWI extension networks. Ella Redwoods from AWI was there making her debut, I suppose, from, a, from an AWI point of view. Ella, what did you make of the Best Wool Best Lamb conference? Oh, it was a really interesting day, Marius. As you know, I'm from a wool growing property myself. My parents are fine wool growers from southern New South Wales. And going to the Best Wool, Best Lamb conference and listening to all the researchers and then also all the farmers that have been implementing different practices and speaking at the event was really insightful. We got to hear from a wide range of people. So. I was really inspired. I always go back and say to mum and dad, oh, what about this or what about this? So it was a really great day. And Robert Herman from Mercado was there and he said, don't take these good times for granted. Use it to make the business more resilient. Invest, uh, innovate, do things that are going to matter for five, 10, 20 years time. How are people going to know what that is? Is, <laughs> it, is it yards? Is yeah. it uh, genetics? What, yeah. what do you suggest they do in terms of an audit? in that sense. Yeah, look, it's a good point. I think uh, every business will be different, of course. Some will have we obvious weaknesses. Uh, at a conference like this, though, you generally find that you're talking to the, the, the top producers, you know, the people who have actually made a lot of the changes that we, that we take for granted now. So it's about looking for what's next and it's about looking for, for the edge. And, you know, some of the speakers here are talking about where you, you can invest your money back in farming and get good returns. Well, we've got to find out what they are. And I wouldn't sort of say, you know, it could be genetics on one property. Uh, it could be sheep handling. It could be, um, you know, even just providing, you know, great facilities for the people come and work for, you know, doing something about your wool sheds and, and things like that. It's for years, we've had to tighten our belts. Now's a time when we should be reinvesting. But you were saying uh, that this is uh, a question for industry as well, not mm. just individuals, mm. that it's time to yep. look at R&D in the good times, yep. not just when it's in the bad. Yeah, that's a good point, Maris, because you can the, you can find the early adopters and the leading operators can go are doing really well. We know that they're benchmarking and all that they're doing. They're making a lot of money, but we need that to gravitate out wider and, and across the the whole platform of the industry. And so uh, that's where um, either we take those great ideas and and the industry bodies such as as AWI or whether it's the, the ag departments or whoever it is, and they then filter it and spread it out. That's where you get, you know, real uh, rubber on the ground for an industry. So someone's got to start it, someone's got to think about it. And I think the other thing is that with some of the big challenges that are ahead, and I mentioned today, you know, wool harvesting, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm, you know, I'm paranoid about it, but, you know, I'm sure one too many sheep, Marius, but, um, you know, we, we really have to look at that challenge of, of who is going to do that in the future. And I made the comment a few times, you know, but, um, 
you know, a mate of mine has got a spud farm and he said, you know, we had to find a way to dig the potatoes other than with a fork. And I think we're at that stage with the wool now. We have to find a way. What I should say, what I could say about that, though, is that probably some of the ideas are going to come from people who are already out there in the, on the farms, but they're not able to actually do it. They can be assisted and enabled by likes of AWI or AWI can drive some innovation. My message today was that quite often farmers... Uh, farmers are good at being cynical and, and seeing the, the, you know, what can't work. This is a time when we've got to embrace things that we don't fully understand and that's what in, we've seen that in innovations and you know, one of the speakers earlier today was talking about some of the things that are coming that uh, we couldn't conceive but we've got to actually embrace them and go with them and give them a chance and, and that's a role for you guys as well. Are you excited about the digital revolution and, and what that might bring or yeah. are you more interested in more uh, practical, actual, um, you know, a robot that cheers type uh, yeah, look, the, on farm? Uh, both, both. I, I think my, my basic background is, is, you know, I want to see how things work on farm. But we know from experience and from, from the areas we work in that you have to have this sort of uh, underpinning. You know, I talked about data today, whether it's digital or, or whatever it is. You need that under... That's the real strength of, of this time is that we have so much more information. Um, the challenge, though, and, and I mentioned this about innovation, isn't about that information. Innovation is how you actually use that information and turn it into uh, knowledge and wisdom that you apply to the businesses. Yeah. Podcasts and things. Podcasts for sure, Mario. So, yeah, podcasts um, are really good. Well, I wish we could get more people listening. Well, I'm a listener. I'm a, I, I like them. Well, that's because we interview you. <laughs> anyway, now, the, uh, the million-dollar question, of course, is the market. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, mm. How long is it going to stay up? Yeah. Um, I can't look you in the eye, Marius, and tell a lie. So the answer is I don't know. Um, but it's not going to go away quickly. I mean, the, the, we're, in, we're in a different time in terms of the supply and price and everything than we've ever been before. So we've got to actually... We haven't got a precedent to go by. So supply is low. Uh, stocks are record lows. You know, uh, even you know, wool brokers in Western Australia have got no wool in their store, which is almost unheard of. So... The, 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 and the market is going to be supported by that lack of supply. Um, but over time, we, the customer base, is, their demand is going to match supply. That's our point. You can't have... At the moment, I, I suspect we have, we have... Demand is stronger than supply. Prices go up. And, and not to... With, you know, I said there were three things that could be um, driving this market. And we, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but it could be lack of supply... It could be the normal cycles of commodities. It could be marketing. And I said, I think it's probably some influence of each. And, uh, and they're all important in, in where we are. But, you know, I don't subscribe to the fact that we're never going to see prices that we look at and say, gee, I don't like those prices anymore. Whereas once upon a time, if we, you know, Woolgrove said to me years ago, if I can get $1,000 a bar, I can make a good business. Well, you know, we've, we've blasted past those levels. Um, but um, I don't know how long it's going to last, but I think we can prepare ourselves with, in the business with efficiencies, productivity gains, um, um, better uses, economies of scale and all that sort of thing to make us more resilient for the future on the back of these really great prices now. What part of the marketing do you think worked? Um, well, I think... Uh, oh, oh that's, a, that's a leading question. Um, <laughs> You don't have the to car uh, You did very well at selling cardings. <laughs> socks? Yeah, yeah, socks perhaps. But um, look, I think, I think Mark, you've, we've got to be, you've got to market what you do. But maybe 
just maybe over the last 15 years, we were very good at marketing and we'll take, take that as on face value, but it took so long to come in that our supply dropped in the same time. Imagine if we were marketing now where we had, back in uh, 10, 10 years ago, we had an extra 700,000 bales of merino wool. I mean, how strong would the industry be then? So given the supply and demand situation, would you say that the market could only go up? <laughs> uh, we've got that up on our wall, uh, that the market can only go up. And we've actually, uh, we've got the date and, yeah. the, uh, and the indicator yeah. at that time. And we can't argue, it is. It's, it's only going up. You know, even when it looked like it wasn't going to keep going up, it then went <laughs> up again. Uh, but uh, like all predictions, if you hang around long enough, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> hang around long enough, you're also wrong. You're wrong. So, uh, okay, so... The, the bottom line here is that you're saying to wool growers, now is the time to, to look at those things mm. that you've wanted to do mm. for a long time and do them. Yeah, and, and, and make your business a business that you would like it to look like in 50 years' time. Position it that way. Because what we did 50 years ago doesn't work now. So if we want the wool industry to have this dynamic um, uh, enterprise in the Australian landscape, it's going to be done by farmers. Wool growers are going to have to do it. So we have to actually be moving in that direction and look there are a lot of things that are happening all i'm saying is we have to run fast because you know we know from the last 20 years our big challenge for merino sheep is the cropping industry and the cropping industry is not going to stop they want more acres Morris. they want more of your you know your beloved wool growers acres to plant crops and we've got to fight back and one and, and they're not fighting back on the basis of saying you're going to make more money they're fighting back and saying, oh, look at us, we're exciting. Hmm. Well, we have to match that. Fantastic. Well, Rob, it's always great to uh, hear from you. It was a great presentation today. Great days for wool. Thank you very much for joining the yarn again. Robert Herman from Mercado there, and I'm here with Ella Edwards. Ella, you spoke to a few people at the Best Wool, Best Lamb conference. These are interviews we can look forward to. Um, who did you have a chat to? Well, I had a great conversation with Scott Nichols. He is the 2018 Nuffield Scholarship awardee that is um, supported by AWI. And he's really into tech and he's been on a trip overseas recently to look at what other countries are doing and what he can bring back here. And I also spoke to two really innovative Kiwis and they'd come over and they've been implementing a whole new system in their Merino sheep flock to boost productivity and also combat environmental issues on their on their place and so yeah it was really varied conversations and yeah we hopefully will have them on the yarn in the coming weeks. Fantastic so uh, in the meantime talking about technology um, let's have a bit of a look into the future because AWI recently held a series of workshops called Future U and they tossed around ideas around tech opportunities, essentially hearing from wool growers about the problems they want to solve with new digital technology. And we commissioned two experienced campaigners in this regard, Mark Ferguson from Next Gen Agri and Sarah Nollett from Agthentic, who started off by explaining just what a tech startup is. A startup is essentially a, a new business, a business that's just getting started. That's why it's called a startup. And often the you know the CEO or head of that business is, is an entrepreneur, so someone who's created that business. And they're really different from big companies and different from research organizations in that they don't have a business model and don't have a product and sometimes don't even have a customer in mind when they get started. They're really in search of that problem that exists and is such a pain point for the industry or for a customer that they 
they can then solve it and build a business around that. So instead of uh, a long plan over many months or years and invest deep investments um, to get a product to market, it's much more iterative. There's much uh, quicker feedback from customers about their problems and potential solutions to really get a sense of what that business could be and, and how you would grow it. So what's an example of one that the wool growers would perhaps know? Yeah, so one that we've heard a bit about this week um, is, is not really a startup anymore, but it's a company called Observant, and they were a startup, and they were one of the first ag tech startups uh, around the world, actually, and they come from Australia. And so they have technologies to rem uh, remotely monitor water points, um, and they've done a lot of work to make sure that those sensors and, and that kit is really usable, and so that when it breaks, farmers can um, easily fix it and, and understand what's going going on because um, that service model is pretty tough. But yeah, basically just senses the, the water status level and um, gives sends back a text message or a you know radio frequency so farmers get an alert on, yes, I have water, no, I don't, or can see a picture of, of that water point and maybe check out their stock as well. Um, so that's a company that really led the ag tech revolution and, and would be really relevant to, to this industry. Good one. Um, now, Mark Ferguson will be known by many listeners. He's involved, been involved with genetics for a very long time and uh, one of the primary researchers with Lifetime Wool that led to Lifetime U and have spent a lot of time in New Zealand and is now part of these uh, workshops. Mark, where are you seeing this digital revolution hitting the sheep industry? Uh, well, yeah, I guess for us, we've, for the first time, we're seeing... Um, a lot of the technologies that, that used to look like they were miles away that are now sort of near enough to our industry that we can actually see a purpose for them. So 10 years ago, artificial intelligence was known, but I wouldn't have had any clue about what I would do with that. But now as, as computers have improved and that technology has improved, we can now see how we might apply that to the sheep industry. So I think the technology is now close enough to us that we can actually see how the applications might work which is probably a new space for me and, and many in the industry. So you're holding these workshops around Australia um, speaking with uh, wool growers who are interested in this area and uh, there's a lot of potential there but uh, what sort of issues are wool growers coming forth with? So they're coming up with, with stuff that uh, I guess is to be expected around around uh, how they remotely do things. So I guess the key issue or interest is around how we do what we do now but do it easier, cheaper, um, without my intervention, I suppose, is the core theme. So how would I condition score all my ewes without me having to have someone in the paddock doing that? How would I check my water points without sending someone out there? How would I shift sheep from paddock to paddock without my intervention? So a lot of the, a lot of the problems there they're looking to solve are things that make their life easier which is which is a, a good thing to do because they're obviously busy people and and have many things to to balance and so yeah their real interest is in how they would automate some of the processes how they would get on this technology without actually creating more work for them i suppose is a core theme now sarah uh, just back to you what is the social overlay to this technology because of course we're all more connected than we ever were before through uh, social media and smartphones and what have you um, where does this intersect with uh, production and what actually happens on farms yeah, I think it's been interesting to see. I've met a lot of farmers on, on Twitter, and, and there are so many technologies now that we use socially that are having a commercial implication, and especially a, a connectivity implication, so producers being able to tell a story about what they're doing or connect with consumers in a way that's never happened before, and I think that's a really positive thing. Probably what we've seen the most of is some negative examples of that, some um, concerns around transparency and, and animal activists and pressure to 
even in some cases move away from animal production entirely. And so um, that trend is happening, but there's also a trend towards wanting to really connect authentically with producers and know what's going on in in agriculture. And um, I think that's a really positive benefit of technology because it can enable those conversations and that kind of bridging of the urban-rural divide in a way that we've never been able to do in the past. So, Sarah and Mark, what, what happens after these workshops? What, uh, what is the aim and where does it all head? Yeah, we'll probably uh, go to sleep for a while. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, um, so, so really the point of this project is to hear the perspectives of, of the growers and understand what the pulse of the industry is, is right now, where are problems happening and where can AWI especially make a difference to connect up the ag tech world with the agriculture world and make sure that investments are being made in a way that solve grower problems um, and that add value and, and really what is the role of these new startup entities in this space. So one example of that that we heard today and, and at the workshop earlier this week was around Trials. And so growers that might want to connect with a company who's developing something to give them that feedback and help them on that iterative startup discovery process. So that seems like a, an insight that will come out of this, among others, around how AWI could facilitate that potentially startups that want to test on farms and, and growers that want to um, interact more with new technologies. And Mark, what's happening in New Zealand in this area? Because uh, we, we hear a lot about New Zealand. We always hear about they're a little bit further than we are in some uh, some ways. But uh, what's happening in the um, agri-tech space over, over the ditch? I think it's it's mirrored there in terms of really strong interest from uh, from the sector around around what's happening in startups and how, how to get involved. Don't think it's any more advanced there, around, particularly around around grazing industries. I think the dairy industry has got... Has, Similar to cropping in Australia, the dairy industry has has got some more tech that has, has come to that industry and, and and embracing that because of because of the scale, obviously. But I think sheep and beef, similar. There's general interest. There's companies doing a few things, but I wouldn't say it's the landscape is that different to Australia when it comes to ag tech uptake. Now you've been around sheep for a very long time. Um, you're you're very passionate about it. You're very well known for it. What ag tech is really getting you excited at the moment uh, that may that we might see in the next few years? So I think, um, and I call it Fitbit for sheep because people sort of get that. So accelerometer or ways that we can monitor sheep in whole in a, in a remote sense is is really interesting to me. Whether that's through location or whether that's through um, an accelerometer output, um, that that sort of stuff. Um, I think our ability to to know what they're doing in the paddock while we're sitting in our lounge room is is going to be great for our consumers. It's going to be great for us, and it's going to be great for the sheep. I think that combined with the data that comes from that, which requires artificial intelligence to analyse that, and the imagery that can be matched with that, I think so sensors and artificial intelligence to handle massive sets of data to really understand sheep at a whole new level and understand sheep systems at a whole new level means that we'll. Uh, we are in a decade that we'll know more than any sheep farmers previous to us and we'll be able to put that into place in a much a much better way, much more efficiently and much better for the sheep and, and more aligned with our consumers' requirements. Fantastic. So um, for people listening to this that'd like to know a little bit more about ag tech, who can they follow? What can they catch up on? Uh, so Mark Ferguson, mark at nextgenagri.com is my email. Happy to, happy to answer questions. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Fergenetics, F-E-R-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S. 
Well done. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sarah? You've, uh... Yeah, so you can find our stuff at agthentic.com. So it's the word authentic with a G instead of a U. Um, and I am SV Knowles on Twitter. And no, I won't tell you what my middle name is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Um, such a such an exciting time in agriculture. A lot of opportunities and some, some great things to look forward to. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mark Ferguson and Sarah Nollett from the Future U workshops that were held um, quite recently, and we'll be hearing a little bit more about that. I hope you're enjoying the yarn, Ella. Are you enjoying doing these podcasts? Oh, I love doing it. It's great to be able to speak to so many different people in the industry. And I mean, just in this podcast, we've been speaking with Rob Herman, and then also people on the ground who are implementing some of our extension programs. So it's really great to speak to a whole variety of people in the industry. Now we're starting to get the odd email coming in with ideas. How do people get in touch with us? So email theyarn at wool.com and give us feedback. We'd love to know if you want to hear about something different or you have an idea that might be a great yarn, please get in contact with us. And of course, again, you can follow us at Beyond the Bale on Instagram and at Wool Innovation on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe. Of course, subscribe to the podcast and please write us a review. It really helps other wool growers and other people in the industry find the podcast. Fantastic. All right, well, from me, Murray's coming and... Ella Edwards. We'll speak soon.